the volume. Soup with Coop is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. My next guest on Soup with Coop is College Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer, Chicago Bear, linebacker, badass, Brian Erlacher. Welcome to Soup with Coop, my friend. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So you got your, looks like chicken noodle. Am I guessing right? You know, I follow your lead. If you're having chicken noodle, I'm having chicken. I'm not going to go against you. If you tell me to eat chicken noodle, you tell me to eat, you know, split pea. I don't care what it is. I'm following the leader. Yours is steaming hot. Mine's been in for about 20 minutes. It's uh, And I got the little circles now. You know, they make the new stuff for the kids now that makes them fun. So uh-huh. that's what we have in our house. Yours looks legit. Mine's kind of not legit, but it still tastes good. I'm glad you've never grown up. You still like the old, you know, whatever it takes when you're four years old. You know, if we go to a restaurant, I'll get lobster bisque, you know, nice stuff, but not at home. I don't think I can make it as well as they do at restaurants. Did you eat a lot of soup when you were playing for the Bears? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I ate everything, man. You know, if I was sick, obviously I would eat some, you know, they always recommend hot soup, but man, I was so bad with my diet when I played soup. I ate everything. You know, I didn't realize that you needed to eat good until probably year six or seven. I ate McDonald's, Wendy's, Taco Bell, my first five, six, everything. I was horrible, terrible. Did, did they not feed you at the at the complex? Well, they did. It wasn't like not like it is now. You know, these kids, you know, these kids, you know, the players now get, you know, six meals a day at the facility. And when I, when I played, it was uh, breakfast and lunch. But um, I didn't like the food there. So I'd have my wife or somebody bring me food at the facility, McDonald's, uh, whatever. And then I discovered Chipotle in my sixth year. That was the move. That, that's healthy, right? As healthy as this grilled cheese right here that I, I'm eating. Man, you got the whole thing going. Well, it is my show. You're making me hungry. When I have a show, I can do whatever the heck I want. I can, I can you know, I just mail it right in. I can have lobster thermidor coming in here if I wanted to. <laughs> it is your show. Uh, um, Brian, growing up, New Mexico is not a – I would say a typical hotbed of college athletes coming out. I don't know. What's yep. the high school, what's the athletic scene look like in New Mexico? Yeah, we're not very well thought of. Like you it's not a hotbed, like you would say. Um, you know, it was hard to get recruited out of New Mexico, at least when I was coming out. And we didn't have huddle, you know, back then. It was just, you know, if the coaches saw you, you were lucky to get recruited. Now they got huddle, they can send their film out. But I, I had one offer. I had one offer to go to college. It was the University of New Mexico. So, of course, I accepted. Um, I wanted to go to Texas Tech. I went to their camp before my senior year, and I was the most outstanding camper. I was, you know, I had a good camp, and they just told me I could walk on, but they couldn't give me a scholarship. So, obviously, it was an easy decision to go to UNM, and I'm glad I did. It worked out pretty good for me. How big were you coming out of junior year, senior year? What kind of – I mean, I know you played every position. Yeah. Well, we were we had like 30 guys on our team. So, we had – we probably had seven guys going both ways. And now it's unheard of, I feel like, for the kids to play offense and defense. And you get it one or two guys, but it's unheard of. Um, I was 6'4", 195 when I graduated. That's a perfect was, quarter – that's a perfect quarterback prospect these days. Cooper, I should have been a quarterback. I'm so pissed off still because <laughs> I, I – man – I got a gun. You should see me throw. Not anymore because my wrist is all messed up, but I, back when I could uh, actually be a decent athlete, I had a cannon. And my, I got gypped out of quarterback. I'd probably still be playing now. 
Did you have a touch or did you just throw it far and hard? Anything you wanted. I could place it. I could put touch on it. I could throw a duck. I could throw it behind my Whatever you want, man. I could do it all. Did you ever Did you ever lobby to the coaches in college that say, hey, go ahead, just give me a little uh, shotgun action? Not in college, no. I got screwed out of high school, and then I just kind of put that to rest when I went to college and stuck with, with defense and, and receiver. But I really think I could have been a quarterback. But I, I was third string in eighth grade, and then I never got higher than third string. Sucks. I was – they never gave me a chance, man. What could have been? Yeah, what could have been? Man. Ryan Urlacher, quarterback. A whole, quarterback. A whole, we're probably having a whole different kind of soup if that's the case. I can't even imagine what would be we'd be taught. Well, first of all, I'd still be playing in the NFL if I was a quarterback. So right. it, me, me, and, you know, me, me and TB12 were drafted the same year. Can you believe that? Did you, you, did you even – did you know him? Did you heard, Have you heard of him a little bit maybe because he played at Michigan? Uh, no, I, well, I didn't really know anybody. You know, and no one knew me. <laughs> so, you know, when you watch all these draft things and you get to know guys, and I saw, I met Tom at the Pro Bowl our second year. We both made it, and I met him in the elevator. But um, prior to that, I, you know, I didn't know, unless you were a first-round guy or a top guy, I really didn't know who anybody was, just like they probably didn't know me. So you're go, you, you get to New Mexico, no one knows you. You're just trying to find your place, playing a little bit, benched a little bit. New yep. coach comes in, likes you a little bit more, and then what happened? I mean, did, did the light go on? Man, so my first year I played all special teams as a true freshman. Then my second year, I didn't start at all. Not, we had a senior in front of me with split time. I led our team in tackles as linebacker, but didn't start. And then Coach Long came in and his defense, they had this rover position, we called it Lobo, where you just play. I played 12 yards deep in the middle and went to the ball. So, you know, I was, and by then I was 245. So I, I was, you know, and the, the crazy thing is, Cooper, the more weight I gained, the faster I got. It was good weight. You know, I had a, a great frame for it. And um, I put a lot of muscle on my first couple of years. You know, high school, you never get a chance to train for – well, when I – did you play basketball and track and baseball in high school as well? Yeah. We didn't specialize. So I went from football to basketball to track or baseball. And that was it, my whole high school career. Now the kids just play football or basketball. They do one thing. So they can specialize and train for that. I never trained for football until I got to college. So I gained weight like crazy. But anyway, um, when Coach Long got there, they put me at the rover – Man, I never got blocked. I ran to the football. I made. I got to play receiver. I returned punts. Uh, just awesome. He let me be a football player. You know, my first couple of years, I just kind of – I never played back here in high school. And then they put me there when I was a sophomore, and I didn't know what I was doing. But uh, I figured out how to play that rover position pretty well. I just ran to the football and hit people. Were you always a tough guy? I mean, were you in, in high school, were you the guy getting in fights and that kind of guy too, or just loved, loved contact? So I was a turd in high school. So if you're standing around the pile, I would hit you. <laughs> and I tell my son, we watch my, my film sometime. I do not do that crap. <laughs> Don't be a dickhead like I was. Um, show some respect to their players. But like, if the whistle didn't blow, I was going to hit you. Um, like you got the linemen standing around the pile. You know, kind of like linemen do players now. Yeah. That was me in high school. If they were standing around the pile, I'd come up and hit them. I mean, it wasn't illegal, but it was, it was dirty and cheap. And then I, when I got to college, that, that was, that was gone. I was just a, try to clean up my act a little bit and be a respectful football player. And I just kept going from there. And so the, kind of the legend of Brian Erlacher really takes off in your latter years in, legend. I mean, well, I mean, you know, who is, it's almost these days, it's kind of like when you're from a smaller school, there's not a lot of film on you or, you know, back then it's almost like it was 40 years ago when you'd hear these legendary stories of, you know, Bo Jackson, because no one could, could yeah. validate it. You're like, who is this? What is this mysterious person coming out of nowhere? Right. And uh, and literally, you went from 
zero to a th- you know to a hundred yeah. in, in overnight. Two years. I mean, Mel Kiber mentioned my name in some draft thing, and then all these scouts started showing up at our practices. You know, I went. I almost left my junior year. I'm glad I didn't. I'm, I would have been terrible. I got a chance to play under Coach Long for one more year, and it helped. I ended up going the first round, obviously, but. I just and I kept getting like I said I kept getting faster and stronger every year. Um, and my senior year, I I played pretty well. Uh, I was a good tackler, man. I was a good open field tackler back in college because you know twelve yards deep, you just you take good angles. Um, and Mountain West wasn't, I mean, an, wasn't a great conference. There was still some good football players in that conference. No, was our conference was Steve Smith. Remember the receiver at Carolina? That yeah. dude returned two punts on us my senior year at Utah. Should have had a third. They had a call back for a penalty, but. So there's some good players in our in our conference. Um, so I think that also hurt me as well because people didn't think we had a legitimate competition. But whatever. Steve, Steve Smith was a he'd hit you after the whistle too. That dude was a beast. He played to the whistle, the echo of the whistle. <laughs> now, what about did you go to the combine? Tell me about that. I mean, you. Yeah, I went to the combine, man. So I went and I was ready, but I was t- um, instructed not to run the 40, not to do anything, just um, go do the, you know how it is back, back in the day, no one did right. anything because you didn't want to, want to run a slow 40. But then I got, I went to the Bears meeting and Greg Blosh goes, are you going to run the 40 tomorrow? I said, no, sir, I'm not. He goes, why not? You got something to hide? I go, no. He goes, are you in shape? I go, yes. What's wrong? What, what are you scared of? I go, I, nothing. I'm just, I was instructed that my agent and everyone we spoke about not running and I'm going to do the bench press on that. He goes, you're scared. I like, I'm not scared. I just, and then he goes, think about this. He goes, at your pro day, you may have 20 scouts and you may have 10 GMs, 10 coaches at the combine. Every one of them is here. You won't get a better opportunity to run in front of all these coaches, all these GMs, all these scouts. I was like, man. So without telling anyone, I didn't tell my agent, I didn't tell anyone. I ran, I did everything. I went, I ran a four, five, six, four, five, seven, 40, uh, did the, all the drills well. And I'm glad I did, you know, Greg, and then the Bears don't draft me, obviously. But Coach Blosh challenged me. He was like, what, what do you got to hide? And I was like, nothing, sir. <laughs> I was like, because it's very intimidating going to those meetings with these coaches, man, because I'm a young kid from New Mexico. I didn't really know what to think. But he, uh, I'm glad he challenged me because I, uh, I rose up and, and did everything. <clears throat> when did you get the tattoo? The, 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 uh... I'm glad I crossed my arm so you could see that to, to remind you. Uh, I got that my freshman year in college, Cooper. So I've had it for 25 years. My son, my youngest son, Hyde, wears 54 because of you. He was a linebacker. Oh, Sounds like a bad dude. I like his name. Yeah, Hyde. He, he's since eaten his way out of linebacker into the offensive <laughs> line. But he's, like he, wants the, he wants the uh, barbed wire tattoo. I told him he can get it when he's 93. So. Get, him, get him the henna. Get a henna tattoo. So it'll last for like a week and then it'll be gone. It's perfect. But yeah, it'll be yeah. The, yeah, it'll just grow out of it. I'm sure. I want to get rid of this so bad. I just, uh, you know, you're 18 years old. You thought, but I did. Ha- I'll say this. I had mine before Pamela Anderson got hers. Okay. I didn't oh. get it for her. Yeah. I got it before she did. So I'm happy about that. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I thought it'd be cool when I was a little freshman in college to go to tattoo. Man, whatever. Ninth pick in the draft. And there's, I mean, there's, there are positions in the NFL that, carry a lot of weight whether you're the quarterback of the green bay packers or you're uh you know i mean these days now new england what have you but nothing has more of a historical relevance than linebacker chicago bears did i mean butkus singletary and now you hall of famers across the board is that 
overwhelming for a young kid out of New Mexico? You know, honestly, Coop, I had no idea when I got there. If you start go all the way back to Bill George, Bill George, Buckus, Singletary, it's unbelievable, and not just middle linebacker, but the history of defense in that city. And I had no idea when I got there, and I, they started me out at Sam linebacker. I knew I was going to play Mike eventually, but I, I didn't know what I was doing, so they put me at Sam to get me on the field. But unbelievable tradition there, and. You figure it out if you don't know before you get there, you're going to know real quick once you get there because the media will not let you not know. So it's very much talked about in the media and stuff like that. So you learn quick the tradition and the history of, like I said, not just middle linebacker, but defense there. But it's great. How many places, you know, if you play middle linebacker, that's where you want to play. You want to be in that city because the fans love defense. They love linebackers. It's just that's the place you want to be. Was that was the speed of the game? overwhelming early on in the mental part of the game cooper was tough playing sam i never been on the line of scrimmage before and it was hard for me to use my hands and jam tight ends i i'm a space player i was always a space player in high school college and you put me on the tight end for you know we're in the under front i'm always on the tight end jamming him but it was the best way to get on the field early on until i got benched in training camp so and then the second game of the year barry minner gets hurt at mike and coach boss says go play mike i was like i never played mike he goes just run to the football I was like, okay, and I started every game after that. But it was – I picked it up pretty quick. You know, I feel like I'm a decently smart guy. So the more I played, the more I saw it, the better I got pretty quick. It probably took me about six or seven games to learn the defense, and then I, I took off pretty good from there. And then you mentioned, you know, a year or two later, you're at the Pro Bowl hanging with the best players in the NFL. Did you ever – I know you're probably not a guy to sit back and reflect too much. You just kind of take what's coming and attack it. But did yeah. you ever sit back and go – this, you know, a lot has happened here in the last four or five years here. And here I am at the top of the, you know, top of the game. Yeah, all these great players. Great. It's funny because my rookie year, I actually made it my rookie year as well. I went as the alternate. Stephen Boyd bailed out from Detroit, so I got to go. And of course, I went. But I'm there with um, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, all these great players who I, you know, Brett, I mean, none of these guys, your brother, I'm sure your brother was there too, but all these players that I watched as a kid in, in college, you know, I, I'm a year removed from college and I'm now playing in the Pro Bowl with the guys who I used to look up to my last couple of years in college. It was, um, it's unreal. And then, you know, it kind of takes some time to, to get used to that. You're starstruck at practice. You're in meetings like, wow, look over there. That's Marshall Falk. There's uh, there's Larry Allen. Just, and I'm a, I was a big Cowboys fan growing up. So anytime Cowboys got around, that was cool as, cool as hell to me, but it was neat, and it all happens so fast. You know how it goes. I mean, the older you get, time just flies by. The NBA Finals are finally here, and FanDuel Sportsbook has a championship offer you don't want to miss. Because during the Finals, new users get 30-1 to 1 odds on the Sons of the Bucks to win that game. That means you can win $150 on a $5 bet. My pick for Game 4, Suns plus four and a half. With FanDuel Sportsbook, there are more ways to win, and when you do win, getting your money's a layup. You'll get paid in as little as 24 hours. Sign up with promo code SOUP. Promo code SOUP. Just use the promo code SOUP to bet the NBA Finals and get 30 to one odds. That is outrageously good. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 plus and present in Colorado, Indiana, or New Jersey. Must wager in designated offer market. $10 first deposit required. 150 max bonus. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. And 1-800-GAMBLER in Jersey. 
I remember we met briefly at a Pro Bowl. Peyton invited me to go one year. And then, Brian, I don't know if you remember this, but I, I used to do a lot of business in Chicago. And I was at dinner one night at uh, Joe's. Joe's Stone Crab. Yeah. And I, was, I had a kind of a business dinner. We were into the cups pretty good. And you had a group of about eight. Uh, looked like kind of maybe some, some old high school buddies, some old college guys, just, you know, yeah. all your age. Y'all sitting around. It's the off season. And uh, I'd had just enough – you know, liquid courage to come up yeah. and say hello. And I remember you were sitting there. I kind of we had a visit. We laughing a little bit. And then you know you had that 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 great head that just fit into a helmet like it was you were born. I a helmet. And I and for some reason I was obviously just tipsy enough. I just kind of grabbed your head like <laughs> middle with these seven guys, and they they all looked at me like. You are. You have no idea how close you are to dying right now. And no. I woke up at like two thirty in the morning, having a panic attack, going, "What in the hell did I just do?" Brian and I are not that close, so I can just palm his. Oh, you got the you got the dinner. pedigree though. You got the pedigree, so it's okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a uh, I'm not an angry or a violent person. I never was away from football. I was always like, you know, people get away with so much shit around me. I, I never really. I didn't care. You know, I just uh, I kind of went with the flow all the time, but. Uh, yeah, my head, man. I remember when my neck used to be kind of big and, you know, the perfectly bald-shaped head. Uh, yeah, good old days. Now, I, in the the hair, you look like a you know, know. like a CEO now as opposed crazy. to – crazy. I, I know. Mean, you know, you like this, you I like do it. like it. So I, I got – the people from Restore, the company that I partnered with, approached me in, I want to say, 2014 and like, hey, would you maybe be our spokesman? And I was like, hell no, I love it. I don't like having hair. I like being bald. I like being able not to worry about anything. And then we're like, well, if you don't, you know, if you don't like the procedure, you can still shave your head and there'll, there'll be no scars. I was like, oh, that's easy enough. I'll take a risk. And then I, so I did it. I went through the process and my hair started growing out. I was like, uh, you know, because if you, you've been bald for 20 years and you get hair, you're like, I don't like it. And then I was at a drive through Chick-fil-A. I went to the drive through at Chick-fil-A and, uh, this little, there's like a 15, 16 year old girl at the, at the drive thru. She was like, Oh, you look really young. I was like, Oh, I'm keeping it. That was, <laughs> <laughs> and my kids and my wife didn't mind it too much. At first, it was, it was a change, you know, because and it's hair in so long, but my wife liked it right away. So I was like, I'm, I'm keeping it. I'm, I'm doing it. And then now, you know, it's um, my billboards are all over Chicago. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's fantastic. Um, it's different. When, you were, when you were playing, Brian, did you look at your, Another player as an opponent was it the quarterback? Was it a guard? Was it some? Who did you look forward to playing with, and then also not look forward to playing because they were, you know, in your in your grill? You know, the linemen were always a pain in the ass. They're, they're all so big and they cheat. They hold you. They cut you. They're three hundred and thirty pounds. Why are you cutting me? I'm two hundred and fifty pounds. You should just grab me and throw me on the ground. Anyway, um, the quarterbacks, man. You know, later in my career. Uh, Aaron, Drew, your brother, both brothers, they knew what you were doing, Tom. They all knew what you were doing before the ball was snapped. It was so hard to trick them, you know, because, you know, they do little stupid leg hikes and there's 20 seconds left on the play clock. So you're like, oh, we got, we got to shift the guard. And then they're like, oh, and they start changing the defense or their, their offensive call. Luckily, you know, once Lovey got there, we could, we start, we got to where we could change our defense as well. Because, you know, if you're in cover two, they're probably checking to a run. If you're an eight man front, they're probably going to check to a pass. So, we, we figured that out a little bit, you know, the, the more we played our defense. So when they did check, if we had time, we would we would also check and put ourselves in a better situation um, to defend what they're doing. If we ended up in cover two every play, we're in good shape. You know, if we had a blitz on and they, they call us out of it or whatever. But it, it, the quarterbacks were so good. They're so smart. You know, they, they always undress your defense. 
to see exactly what you're doing every play. Yeah, it seems like that's all anything pre-snap is just to try to get a tip on what you're at least what you're not in. And then therefore yes. they can limit some things. And that's all the motion, all the, you know. But the motions used to drive me crazy, Cooper. I, I used to go because, you know, early on in my career when they motioned, everything changed. You know, your strength changed, your, your coverage, you went from two to four, you just everything changed. Later in my career, it was easy because we, we our defense was so simple, but it still drove me crazy because I know we have to reset the front. And then what they do is they get your, your guys up front thinking like, what, what are we, all they want to do is make you think about what, half a second, then they beat you. You know, football happens so fast. If they get you thinking about something you're not supposed to be doing, they win. We all had some really good defenses that at times you don't even have to mask anything and just say, here we are, we we're, we're going to whip your ass. We, we didn't, we ran cover two, probably, I'm not 60% of the time when we were, when we had, we had guys that could rush the passer, we, we didn't need to do anything else. You know, obviously if situation changed, we'd run something else, but we were a cover two defense and we did it well. We ran to the football, our corners tackled, they forced the football back in. So it was like a nine man box with those two corners out there forcing everything back inside. So we could do it versus the run as well. When you think about those teams, I always like to talk to people about great teammates. You know, that's such a, it's such a lost term, you know, like he's a great player, whatever. But the guys who just – you absolutely can just look, you know, look at him in the locker room before and go, he's got my back, I got his back, yes. and he's, he makes this team better. And if he left – You're getting me uh, chills, bro. I'm getting chills right now talking about – thinking who, about that. Who are some of the teammates uh, that, that pop in your mind that you just well, – Lance Briggs. Playing with? Yeah, Lance. Not even close, Lance. You know, you talk about the – Eye contact in a game, we I could he could run through a gap, but we, we would know just where the other guy's gonna fit, man. We played side by side for 10 years. Uh, we knew each other were thinking he would stress me out sometimes because pre-snap, like he's got the A gap and he's out here. I'm like, what is he doing out there? He's got the A gap. He's not gonna be able to play the A gap from the D gap. I always ended up in the right spot. You know, just we just had this rapport between each other in pass coverage, especially because our cover two, we 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 changed it up quite a bit to fit the offenses we were playing. Uh Charles Tillman, another guy you could count on. Great. Uh you know, I played 10 years with both of those guys. Uh, Chris Harris, Mike Brown. A lot of guys don't remember Mike Brown. Mike Brown was a great football player. You know, those three years in a row he got hurt. Uh, he, You know, those 2001, he returned in overtime, picked sixes to end games in overtime against uh, San Fran. Then the next week against Cleveland. So just there's so I could go on. My teammates were unbelievable. You know, there's a reason we were good on defense. We were good at every level. And do you hate Minnesota, Detroit, and Green Bay? Green Bay. I don't hate them. I don't like them. You know, we play, play them twice. The teams in your division, you just get tired of them, you know. Um, and their fans don't like us. We don't like them. But I don't – hate's a strong word, Cooper. I just uh, – I don't right. like them as much as I like the other teams. How's that soup tasting right now? Is it getting oh, cold? Oh, yeah, it's good. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, you got me chill. You, you know, chicken noodle has a medicinal – flavor to it a nostalgia a historical you know i don't know if it's an old wives tale but if you're under the weather in any way shape or form that's it you, you eat chicken noodle soup that's why my mom used to make it when we were sick when i was a kid and then now it's still you know if my kids ever in work chicken noodle soup fixes everything right it fixes everything it fixes a good interview i know that especially when you <laughs> yeah, yeah. someone like me um, now your, your golf game, were you always a golfer? Your golf game has kind of, uh, been put into overdrive lately. I love golf. Um, I didn't play till I got to, to NFL and couldn't afford it. So, uh, you know, once I got a little money, I could afford to buy some nice clubs. Uh, but I love it. You know, you, you play, right? I do. So I love to play. It's so fun. It's, you're competitive. 
you know, you, you the handicap should level everything out. If you got a guy with a legit handicap, it should even them out. But uh, I just love it. It's a great gambling on the golf course. I love it. It's fun. Get a little side game going. But you're never going to be as good as you want to be at golf. It, it's the hardest game you'll ever play. Uh, even guys on tour, you know, they're never as good. You can't do the same thing every day. That's, that's what I love about it. It's a different challenge every day. And, you know, when you talk about Chicago, obviously tons of great golf courses. Oh, yeah. When you mentioned gambling and golf in Chicago, uh, Michael Jordan would pop up. Yeah. Have you ever had the had – I the played golf with Michael a few times. I played with Michael my second year. The first team, we get up there, and I hit my ball, and I'm a, I cut the ball. Or back then it was a slice, but I cut it now. Um, mm-hmm. The first team, I hit the ball 70 yards straight left. Like, I don't hit the ball left. And he goes, I'm going to everyone does that with me on the first tee. He says, I'm going to give you another one. That, that, that was a, a nerves ball because you're playing with me. I was like, oh, gee, thanks, man. Yeah. But I, I played, I actually saw Michael at his, we went to the Grove. His place I haven't been, I haven't been oh. yet. I, I hear it's great. Peyton's been, I saw Sean. Oh, man. It's He's great. Been. Yeah. Fun course, great hangout plays. I saw, I saw him last year in January down there, but uh, yeah, he's good. He's fun. And, and Michael play, takes it seriously as well. He, uh, he plays 36 a day. It's crazy. I can't, I'm not, I'm not that much into it, but I like it. What, what are the stakes when you play with Michael Jordan? Like a hundred bucks. But when I was younger, you know, it was like a hundred bucks a nine, whatever you lose three, 500 bucks. Um, now I haven't played with him for money in a long time. We bowled one year for, for a hundred bucks a pin, like 2005 or six, we were bowling for a hundred dollars a pin difference um, in Chicago there, but I haven't played golf uh, versus him for money in a while. I was in a group in front of us last time we played. I, I've been nervous over a, over a 10 footer before I've never been nervous over a bowling ball. Bowling. <laughs> I was, I did pretty well that day. I, was, I bowled like 190 something. So I was doing good. That's funny. Yeah. You know, you, I, you watch his, his, uh, the documentary, this, this, you know, during COVID. Oh, Everybody that was unreal. The dance, last dance. That competitive streak of his oh. is, I love, I, we, we talked to Mark Schlereth the other day, played with Elway and you always oh, heard no, yeah, he's great. about Elway and how competitive he is and just how he hates to lose. And it's got, you know, it's not like, oh, okay, got, you know, good game. It's just like it, it, it can almost ruin the time. He hates losing so bad. That's how Michael was. I mean, just, you watch those shows and you really like people think he's a dick, but no, he's trying to motivate his teammates. He wants to win more than anybody else. No matter what you're doing, he wants to beat you at it. Um, We used to play him in a softball game every summer in Chicago. I get nine guys or 10 guys. They get 10 guys and we play best of three. Uh, these little parks around Chicago, and, and they were competitive, man. We didn't want to lose, but it, it just shows you how, how guys got to be to get to that level, I guess. Brian, when you were, when you, how, how did you find out you were um, inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame? So, um, so we're, you know, you sit in your room there, and uh, we were in Minnesota that year at the Super Bowls there, so you fly there the, the Saturday before. And then, you know, they come and knock on your door. They give you a phone. If you get the, if the phone rings, it's not good. You didn't make it that year. Well, it's not bad. I'm just saying, you're just not that year. You won't be inducted, you know. Um, so we're sitting around. I got my wife, my three kids, my agents, I guess, but they're not. They're, they're my best friends. They're not really my agents. Uh, Bryce and uh, Bill were in there. We had somebody else in there, too. I'm so bad at remembering. Anyway, but my kids and my wife are there, which is the most important thing. Um and, you know, you're sitting there for three hours waiting to know what's going to happen because the guys are in there voting, they're doing this and that. And then, you know, your phone, every time the phone rings, you're like, oh, man. But it's the room phone. So it doesn't matter about your cell phone. 
So then David Baker comes and knocks on your door. David's 6'8", 390, huge man. Um, and he comes and knocks on your door and you're like, I was like, ah, the relief of, of just getting that knock is, is cause you know, you get the buildup, you get the releases, you get top 25, top 15, this and that it doesn't mean anything until you get there. So to get that knock and kind of the relief, I guess, of, of knowing that you made it to, it was pretty darn cool. That's amazing. I'd heard, you know, that's pretty, I would be, that'd be pretty tough if you're you know a finalist and you're there in your ho- in the hotel room. And then, you know, obviously you get the phone call as you mentioned yeah. and did not get it. And then you go back next year. I heard yeah. Marvin Harrison, he went the first year and got the phone call and he, he said, I'll come next year. But after that, I'm never going back it. here. That's I'm, it. I can't wait around here and get, you know, rejected. Well, I, th- I think I would have been a one and done guy too, Cooper. I think if, if I had got the phone call, I'd have been like, I, I can't put myself through this, my, myself and my family through this again because the, the expectations are, it's just crazy. You know, you're walking around, there's so much stuff going on, and then you're just putting your room for those three hours waiting. So stressful. Brian, you have a son now who's um, going to be a sophomore playing sports. Yep. What do you, what, you know, <clears throat> football is, is not for everybody. What, yeah. what do you, what do you love about football and what do you want him to kind of appreciate that you, that you uh, loved about it so much? I just love number one, my teammates. I think there's the greatest thing to be around guys that you may not normally be around, but you're on a team. So you're around each other, you spend time with each other, you learn to, to deal and, and play with each other. But the hard, hard work, man, the dude, like, I don't have to tell him to go work out. I don't have to tell him to go do this and that. He's asking me, can you take me here? Can you take now? He got his license last week. So more stress, but um, I mean, there was two years that he was like, can you take me here? Can you take me there? I want to do seven on seven here. I want to lift in the morning. Then I want to run in the afternoon. I'm like, yeah, if you, if you want to go, I never had to push him to do it. He just wants to do it, which I appreciate. You know, as a parent, you see your kid busting his ass. He want, and the thing with him is he saw some success. He saw his body changing. That was it, man. He, he, uh, he was all in. And even now he just, you know, going into high school, he's, uh, he's all about it. He loves football. Um, loves his teammates. Uh, he, he has great questions too, which I, I enjoy talking about football with him because He's a defensive guy. I was a defensive guy. He'll ask me questions about cover two or cover three. Where does he fit here? Where does he fit there? And I love it. In my opinion, those are the right questions to ask, like coverage, like schemes and stuff like that. And, and do you encourage him to play other sports? Oh. Mm-hmm. I wish he would. He, he, he played basketball forever, and then he didn't play this year. Um, I don't know why. I wish he would go, you know, when we played football, basketball, track, football, track, whatever it was. Um and I wish he would play basketball. He may go out this year. I'm not sure, but he's going to run track. But I want him to do everything. I want him to, he stays busy, but I want him to do as much, as many things as he can. But he, you know what, Cooper? He gets good grades. More importantly, you know, play as many sports as you want to, but you better be good in the classroom, and he is. So that's a good thing. You know, when you look back on your career, was there anybody you played against that you kind of said, "God, I wish I wish I was on his team." Was there anybody? That's a tough question, man, because I'm going to sell some guys out here. <laughs> but, you know, Don't do it. No, do no, it. I'm going to do it because uh, you asked the question. You know, just once, you know, you look at these quarterbacks, these, these guys, that their teams are built around the quarterbacks, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they're so freaking good. And anytime these quarterbacks play, they have a chance to win the game or they have a chance to win Super Bowl. And there's, there's a handful of them in the NFL. You got the Mahomes, the Brady's, the Rodgers, the Breeze is retired now. Um, Russell Wilson, uh, Josh Allen. There's, there's a, there's probably more. I'm leaving out. I'm, I'm not trying to leave anybody out. I just can't think of them right now. But there's a handful of guys that you want to be, you'd like to play with. Um, you're, you're obviously both your brothers were those guys for a while. But 
just to have being on a team with one of those guys where they you have a chance to win every game because of them. Because they're playing in the game, you you have a chance to be competitive every single game. I don't think I ever got a chance to – and this is no disrespect to any quarterbacks I played with. They were great. And we were built on defense. You know, might have been our fault because we spent our money on defense. That's just the way it was. But to maybe get a chance to play with a guy like that and not have to have so much pressure on your defense all the time would have been awesome. Just to have a chance to know that this dude's going to give us a chance to win every game no matter what the situation is. And then, Brian, now when you watch football – uh, I know you probably just – you focus on linebackers when you're watching. Is there anybody that you really admire what they're doing on the defensive side? I've been a Bobby Wagner fan for a long time. The guy – he's um, the kid in Tampa now, Devin White. Yes. Oh, man, that kid makes so many plays. Uh, man, I'm, I'm going to forget the, the kid, the kid in um, New Orleans as well. He gets no respect. Oh, uh, shoot. He uh, came from uh, the Jets. DeMar- De- 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 DeMario De- Davis. Yeah, Demario Davis. Oh, right. he's a badass too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so bad. It's off season. We don't we have to remember the names right now. But Demario Davis, Bobby Wagner, um, Devin White's a bad dude. It's just uh, Van Der Esch in, in Dallas before he got hurt was making some plays. There's so many good young linebackers now. I just I like the way they play the football. They play the way the game's supposed to be played. They play fast. They're not out there dancing. They're out there flying to the football, making plays, and just helping their teams win. Brian, I can't thank you enough for joining us. As always, we like to rank our soup from one to a thousand. And you, you devour. Yeah, well, you know, we got. We got that's a big gap. Wow. That's how many people are watching today. So many people. Ones of people. Wow. My you thought our soup chat or my soup as in the soup I made. The the soup you the soup you're eating right there one to a thousand. Just you know, rank it. Thousand being the best. Yeah. Oh, it's cold. Uh, yeah. Five fifty. <laughs> I made it way too early. <laughs> it got uh, cold. Five fifty is exactly how many dollars they paid us to be on this show together. Right, we'll split it. <laughs> I'm in. Sign me up. We'll split it. We'll bet on the golf course next time we see each other. That's the move. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Appreciate really it. appreciate it. The yeah. best. See you, buddy.